1: encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women To Watch here on WWDB. Talk860 and womentowatch.net. I'm so excited to be back in the studio this afternoon and of course have to give a shout out to our incredible uh, football team who won the Super Bowl last night. We're so very proud of uh, the Eagles and uh, it was a great game. Such a great game. Um, I am going to be joined this afternoon by a very special guest who is uh, calling into the show and I'll introduce her in just a moment. If you're listening and you'd like to join the show we would love to hear from you you can call in with questions to 888-329-3306 that's 888-329-3306 and for all information around the show be sure to visit our website at womentowatch.net that's women the number two watch.net N-E-T Uh, So I'd like to get right to our uh, guest this afternoon. Her name is Kara Giese, and Kara is the Vice President of Education and Outreach at UL, which is a global safety science company uh, that addresses the safety and sustainability issues of many organizations around the world. Kara, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you this afternoon. Um, I'm looking forward to, to sharing your story and, of course, t- talking about issues around girls and STEM and science and, and all of those good things. Um, I, I think it's really incredible some of the programs that you've developed and implemented within UL since your time there. And uh, I'd like to start out with a little bit with your background and kind of find out where the... Um, you know, the leadership skills and and everything that has led to your role today have come from, and I would imagine a lot of it has to do with uh, your years as an athlete. Um, I read that not only were you an athlete, but often the only girl on the team growing up.
2: Yes, absolutely, thanks.
1: Yeah, I think early
2: on, um, I had some nice opportunities um, in my town to participate in sports. Uh, it was several years ago, and uh, in many cases, uh, I was the only girl on the, the baseball team and on the soccer teams, and uh, absolutely loved being part of it, but it was incredibly intimidating, I think, to uh, to participate, but didn't have, uh, you know, a lot of other girls to play with at that point.
1: Now, tell me about that. Why? What made you, you know, play on those teams and, and those sports as... Uh, and, and only girl?
2: You know, I think I have to give a lot of credit to my mom and parents. Uh, I think they recognized I was a very active and sometimes they said spirited girl. <laughs> and uh, had a lot of energy and, um, you know, maybe made the first connection that uh, we need to get her out of the house. And, uh, you know, <laughs> keep her moving. <laughs> exactly. Let's keep her moving. And so... Uh, thanks to their uh, efforts and support, I found my way onto the baseball field and soccer fields. And um, you know, it, it when the teams are boys, I can just remember I was just thrilled to be part of the teams. Um, but it did take a lot of time playing uh, to the, to build the confidence to feel like I could compete with them. You know, in some cases, uh, it, it was intimidating, and many times I was frustrated. I can remember one uh, Little League baseball game that was one of my first games, and I think I struck out uh, five or six times in the in the same game, and I went running off into the woods convinced I could just never try it again, and thanks to my supportive parents and mom talking me out of the woods, I was able to get back to the dugout, and uh, pick myself up and I remember moments like that that it was it wasn't easy to um, to try to fit in and um, and contribute to the team
1: you know you you just spoke about you know the the missteps and I it takes me right to um, I mentioned that we won the Super Bowl over the weekend and um, I think everyone will agree that our quarterback is is a class act and something he said in his pre- press conference was that you know if you're not failing you're not learning um, and, and really, you're, you know, in life, there's no, there's no life led without failing. But I, I'm thinking about why the decision to play with all boys and not go to an all-girls team.
2: Well, it's a great question. And at the time, uh, at least in my community, there were no other options. Uh, there were no girls teams. You know, now we've come far where there are so many great opportunities for girls, Um, across athletics and the arts, and we can go on and on. I mean, we have a ways to go, don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. um, these were my only options. And so uh, it was, I have to say, some of the coaches, the young, uh, you know, Little League coaches were very, very supportive and did everything they could to make me feel comfortable. Um, But it's it's different dynamics Mm -hmm. back then, and... um, I'm really fortunate for the supportive town that we had, Um, but it, you know, it wasn't easy. I I can remember other basketball seasons where I think I would run up and down the floor, games and games and games, and never touch the ball. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, someone passed it to me, and it was a very exciting moment. Oh, wow. uh, I hold those memories, uh, you know, I I cherish them in a way because to your point about failure, uh, we all have examples of challenging times. And um, I think the question is, you know, how do we adapt and how do we um, pick ourselves up or challenge ourselves um, when we go through them?
1: That's right. And, you know, I should mention you grew up in uh, East Dennis, Massachusetts, which is in Cape Cod. Was that a small town? I'm assuming it, it it's was. it was. Very small town. Yeah, so then even it's l- a more very limited. Small
2: town. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Limited and um, you know, growing up out there, Cape Cod is a is a beautiful spot, but mm-hmm. it's um it's quite deserted in the winter months and many people would say, You know, I didn't know people lived um, you know, year round, you know, out there. That's on right. Cape Cod. But, I think um, we v- we it,
1: view it as yeah. a v- vacation spot.
2: Right, exactly. But it was a unique and beautiful spot, and um, I feel very fortunate, but it was a very small community.
1: And you had a sister, so no brothers. So really kind of playing with the boys was <laughs> was an eye-opener if but, you don't have brothers.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, my sister is very like-minded and um, very athletic and talented in so many ways. And we just made our own way. Um, I will say we have a very large extended family with a lot of cousins, and so we learn from many of our cousins
1: and, as well and, um, you know, support each other. And you mentioned um, that you had exposure to entrepreneurship uh, among your grandparents. Tell me about that yeah. and, and, and what, um, what kind of uh, experience that left you with.
2: Yeah, my family started um, some family businesses uh, early on in in retail and and even tourism uh, related to uh, the Cape Cod tourism market. And so they instilled uh, in us uh, work ethic early on. Like I had mentioned earlier, we had an extended, wonderful, supported family with uh, incredible Uh, matriarch and patriarch my grandparents uh, and we worked uh, and did everything we could to support their business and my uncle's business but it it meant that we were helping you know as early as six and seven years old helping to run the business and my grandfather um, he was very resourceful and you know there was just nothing that could replace hard work for our family it's a family of very hardworking individuals who wake up very early in the morning and don't, don't go to sleep till late at night. And I think one of the greatest lessons I learned from being part of a family business is that uh, work ethic and determination and nothing can substitute hard work. Mm.
1: Well, it obviously carried over into your academics as well. Um, in addition to, to playing sports, you graduated magna cum laude from Drew University and went on to receive a master's degree in sports management. My my question was, you know, if you could talk about the differences between the challenges um, between athletics and academics. So, so what was difficult for you um, in both of those areas?
2: Wow, that, yeah, it's a really good question, and I think so many students... Um you know, struggle with this a little bit in this balancing act. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, student athletes uh, clearly are very committed to academics, but have a passion and a drive um, for athletics. Again, this is certainly carries over to so many other disciplines, um you know, the arts and um, theater and um, so many other um, activities that have you know very intense time commitments and i think it's that balance you know we're obviously going to school uh to further our skills uh, and become well-rounded citizens and we have a devotion to that Um, however you know how can you balance your life and that was tricky that was really tricky and i know there are probably student athletes listening um, you know who feel that way feel overwhelmed. Yes. With yes. the responsibilities of academics mm-hmm. um, and are driven mm-hmm. to do well, but just feel like you just don't have enough time in the day, and that was a, a challenge. I did. I went to uh, Drew University in New Jersey, and it's a very small Division three school. Um, it was a great education. Um, I did choose to play three sports when I was there which didn't help with my time. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, But
2: Yeah, it's something that um, I was very passionate about and had uh, supported, uh, very supportive educators and coaches um, and incredible teammates and friends. But it was a decision I made. Uh, However, you then had to really work hard to balance Extra lab time versus practice time or travel time, games. And um, I think it teaches discipline. So I think whether you're looking at sports or theater or arts, or certainly once we get into career uh, and academics, it's discipline. It's how do I look at my filled plate and possibly plan ahead for what. To come in a particular day week or month I think those are probably my my greatest takeaways from the balancing act in college and graduate school is um, getting through the classes certainly learning what everything I could and then the other thing would be taking advantage of opportunities when they come your way I think that is a great learning that through my career I've tried where maybe there is an opportunity to meet someone or to be part of a mentor organization or a chance to learn from a new group that you had not had time to do. I really have tried to
1: take advantage of unique opportunities like that
2: where I can learn from others.
1: So have you ever had a moment where you felt you we're taking on too much. Yes. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And I hope there's a few people out there that feel the same
2: way. Uh, Yes, it happens all the time. It happened in college and graduate school and early on, and it absolutely happens now. I have a good friend who says to me all the time, you know, you have to know when to say no, Mm -hmm. uh, know your limits, I'm working on that, uh, but it's essential because it goes back to the balance that we're all looking for. You know, we're we're looking to excel in our careers, uh, in our activities, in, in family and in, in personal time. Uh, but we are in charge of our <laughs> destiny. I say this all the time uh, to to my kids. You know, and it's up to us to really prioritize that's a very hard thing it's a very hard thing especially as fast as everything's moving these days
1: yeah I, I agree and i i think i often say that you know busy can be good as long as as we're happy right in the busy yeah. so if you're if a great you, point. yeah mm-hmm. if you're if you're feeling you know just completely overwhelmed then perhaps it's you know an opportunity to take something off your plate because there's no right, Definitely. there's no reason uh, to be uh, overwhelmed all the time.
2: Absolutely, because I think many times uh, women, uh, absolutely men as well, but we do feel the need to take on more and more and more, and then we, you know, sometimes we don't step back and say, "What is this? What is this doing to us? You know, is this healthy?"
3: That's right. I, yeah. Great I,
2: question. Why the I need? Yeah.
1: Why? Why, why? why are, are, we, are we doing? We That's right.
2: Continuing to take on more and everyone is different and everyone has different, uh, obviously different personalities and um, you know interests. So it's really up to us individually to decide what's best and what is a healthy, healthy balance.
1: Yeah. Can you tell me who in your life um, would be first and foremost um, in your mind if I asked you who believed in you?
2: Well, I
1: have to start
2: with my parents. Uh, They were uh, incredible and always there to support, comfort, uh, or cheer me up. Uh, My mom just has always been really Um, incredible and uh, you know attended as many school events as she could and uh, and my dad traveled a bit so when he could absolutely and my grandparents were very very supportive and I had some very influential coaches and teachers along the way and I can't say enough for the um, for teachers out there who are working so hard day in and day out to inspire their students and maybe sometimes feeling like they're not getting the appreciation
3: Mm. uh,
2: that they deserve rightfully so Mm -hmm. teachers just have played an unbelievable role in my life as well as some coaches and the work that uh, teachers are doing out there is I wish we could recognize them and, in, in the
1: ways that they deserve. And pay them more, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. We need to uh,
2: shift to uh, replicate a little more of the work going on in Finland <laughs> and, and the uh, the, the respect and salaries. Over in Finland. Yeah.
1: For those people, yeah, that makes such a difference, right, in the lives of young people. That's who they're spending all of their time with, coaches and teachers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
2: kids have so many different touch points in their lives, whether it's, you know, church or activities, scouts. Um, But a lot of time is spent at school and after school. And there's some incredible role models out there Mm -hmm. uh, that are inspiring kids. And, um... It's really up to us, I think, to help showcase and recognize that. And, uh, you know, they they deserve for the work they put in. And and we all know it's not just, you know, eight to three. Uh, There's so much work that goes on after school and so much work before school that goes on on weekends to prepare lessons in classrooms. Yeah. So I can't say enough. I had some incredible science teachers in my life that really opened the world of science to me because they took extra time to make their lessons interactive and hands-on they they were able to take us outside you know into the environment and we got our hands dirty and uh, that really goes a long way and i also think it helps students uh, build their confidence when they can feel a a mastery of sorts um, beyond worksheets.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point. You know, one of the questions I had for you was around the the field of STEM. We talk about it often on the show, um, particularly for girls who traditionally did not pursue those careers. And um, just would love your perspective on how we can change the perception of STEM from being kind of that, you know, that nerdy uh, subject matter, um, to to being something that's incredibly cool and and interesting and exciting, and have it be um, a field that more young women go into.
2: Yes, absolutely. I feel very, very strongly about this, and I know so many others do. You know, I think it's this—it's a, uh, a chance for. You know, those working in STEM fields. Uh, also, we do like to include. You know, many people say STEAM as well, and we can keep keep adding letters to it. But yeah, you know, the sciences really open up a world of possibilities, mm-hmm. and they there are so many different directions. Uh, in the sciences whether it's biology ecology you know chemistry we can go on and on engineering and sometimes I think that we are running so fast in our given careers uh, that we don't take time to showcase the stem skills that are necessary necessary for these careers and and we find so many times that young girls just don't know the possibilities that's right and there are so many incredible possibilities now Mm. more than ever with uh, accelerating technologies and new fields are created all the time uh, that just the world is is bursting with STEM opportunities that's right and you know it shouldn't stop anytime soon and I think what we hear talking with teachers and parents and community leaders you know is this you know, girls are very very interested in so many of these fields but many times it's just not realizing all the opportunities and the number of different directions you can go and um, I think we have a ways to go there between the private sector and not-for-profit You know, government, we have a ways to go and almost, you know, peeling back the curtain Mm -hmm. and um, helping to showcase, first of all, the incredible women who are working in the STEM field right now. Right. Uh, And then certainly the future of the field.
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think that's really exciting for both boys and girls to see, you know, what's ahead.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it makes such a difference in how you present something. Um, I, I say all the time I wish I had paid more attention when I was a young girl in, in school um, to science because now, mm-hmm. as an adult, I just find all of it incredibly fascinating. And I think it wasn't presented in a way that, you know, was hands-on. Um, and it was uh, just, I think, it's kind of like if you see it, you can be it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind That's of a, a saying, yes. So we need to really show young people what it, what does it really mean to go into science? What, what would I be doing all day long in this field? And as you said, in so many different areas of it, and and technology was just not around when we were growing up in the way it is today.
2: Right, it, exactly, uh, because I think, you know, sometimes and you know, STEM has just been. On the forefront in recent years, and it is so important that we keep the momentum. But many times, kids aren't understanding that STEM is very much part of their day to day world That's you right know, right around them. They're not realizing how they're using math without even thinking right you know, or they're not realizing that they they are actually uh you know creating or thinking like an engineer. When they're solving a certain problem, mm-hmm. so it's um, it's really up to us as educators and leaders uh, of youth to find ways to show them how it applies to their everyday life. Mm-hmm. And um, there are just you know great examples of that. There are so many wonderful programs out there, but yeah, uh, we do have a ways to go. We have yeah. a ways to go to keep the excitement, especially past middle school Mm. Yes. there's certainly a lot of research where there's an excitement for the sciences in elementary school and a lot of research points to really a, a, a lag in, in interest as many students uh, leave middle school and that's really concerning.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about some of the programs that you're doing with UL, but I want to go back for a minute because you actually spent uh, 14 years with the Walt Disney Company prior to UL. And um, so your career path has been interesting. It's not as if you, you know, studied science in school and came right out and went into the field. Um, Tell me what some of the lessons working for that company, I think, is there's a perception of what that is like. Um, Tell me what lessons you took from those years uh, working with the Walt Disney Company with you to your current role. Sure, absolutely. Well, I have a lot of respect
2: and admiration for the company. It's an incredible organization, and I was thrilled to be part of it. I have uh, many lessons from my time working. I started working for the media division disney was starting to launch uh believe it or not radio stations radio disney many years ago Mm -hmm. and it was uh you know a way for them to promote um new up-and-coming talent and uh, promote disney programming in local markets and so i had a chance very early on to be part of a, a growing organization it really was Uh, similar to a startup, where um, they were looking to add markets across the country. And I think when I joined the organization, there were only six stations on the air, and it eventually went to over 30. And so it was an exciting time to be part of that organization. Uh, I have so many lessons from those early days. Uh, Definitely resourcefulness. (laughs) Uh, We were pretty scrappy, uh, you know, working with, tight budgets and deadlines. Uh, You learned early on uh, how important uh, hard work was and collaboration. It was a big, big piece, not only with your own local team, but working with teams across the country. And I eventually extended from a local role to a national role with the Disney Integrated Media Team. And um, in there too, I think my greatest learnings uh, from being part of the Walt Disney Company, uh, first of all, there's so many incredibly creative individuals. And I learned firsthand uh, the importance of creativity, uh, the importance of uh, blue sky thinking, uh, the importance of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no matter what field you're in, storytelling um, is a way to convey to your audiences, you know, really what you're up to or what you hope to accomplish. Mm, yeah. And honestly, it, it's not just in the entertainment field, you know, I mean, it's, it's across the board. If you're a teacher, you need to be a great storyteller. If you're a chemist, you need to be a great storyteller. You know, you, you know I can't really think of, of many places that storytelling and, and the ability to communicate uh, clear and concise isn't very important. So I had some incredible experiences at Disney and I'm so fortunate and and really thrilled to be part of that organization. And and it was in my time there where I was fortunate to be part of many education programs that the Disney media team supported. Um, Some were were focused in health and fitness and, and some in literacy. Uh, But one of the ones that I worked on focused on safety, Mm -hmm. sustainability, and I happened to work with an organization called UL. (laughs) So uh, I worked with Disney, but on some really incredible programs with UL, and, and that's how I ended up transitioning to UL from there.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, that, you know, the catalyst for the decision to leave. Um, and we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors uh, and we'll be right back and talk about that.
0: This is Kristen Hillsley, financial advisor of the Foley Hillsley Group, with a big announcement. Last fall, I hosted a women's lifestyle conference to help the women who do it all take control of their finances. Now I'm excited to an- announce a new partnership with Women To Watch Media to help show women how to own their financial future. We'll have newsletter articles, blog posts, announcements of live events, and a lot more, all available at womentowatch.net and our own website, group.com I'm thrilled about this new partnership, and I look forward to being your resource for all things financial. Stay tuned to learn more or visit our website at FoleyHilsleyGroup.com. The Foley Hillsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird and Company, member SIPC. Log on to com to learn more. That's F-O-L-E-Y-H-I-L-L-S-L-E-Y-Group.com or call 610-238-6636.
1: Welcome back everyone to another week of women to watch here on WWDB talk eight sixty and women to watch.net. I'm joined this afternoon by Carrie, I'm sorry, Carrie uh, vice president of education and outreach at UL, which is a global safety science, uh, company. And, um, we were talking before the break Kara, about your years um at the Walt Disney Company and and your decision to leave there and go over to UL and I wonder if you can talk about the that project a little bit more that you were working on um and how they kind of encouraged you to move over.
0: <laughs>
1: sure. So
2: I was uh, at a, as I had mentioned I had been working on this project while at Disney. Uh, and it was really an incredible initiative that the the two organizations had come together to identify the need to address um, injuries and safety with young children. And uh, it was soon after 9/11, actually, that uh, both companies knew that um, safety was first and for on the forefront, and we we wanted to work together to find a way to um, really help educate young children and inspire them with the safety knowledge they needed to make positive decisions in their life and so together with the incredible storytelling and creativity of disney and the safety and science expertise of ul the two companies uh created some really um, engaging animations together and the program is called safety Smart and the program was built on the wonderful characters from the Lion King and some incredible Disney um, Disney brand, where we are able to take young children, kindergarten to fifth grade, uh, through these safety lessons with interactive classroom modules as well. And, and that program, um, really some brilliant folks at UL and Disney, this was led by Barb Guthrie, at UL at the time in Ginger Summer, and uh, it was really a, a new and different way of looking at safety and combining it with um, entertainment, if you will, and mm-hmm. putting the two together. And um, it was an inspiring program to work on when I was at Disney, and the more I was able to work and learn from UL, I was so impressed with the work they were doing, uh, the mission Um, that they all worked towards, and it was really inspiring, quite honestly. It was one of the most inspiring projects I had worked on uh, while being at Disney, and it just continued to expand, and it was exciting, and and there was an opportunity to work on the team over at at UL, and it was a very hard decision um, after so many years with Disney, but I really felt uh, so strongly, and it, it was an important challenge for me, um, it was trying to weigh, you know, sh- should I stick with what I know or should I really uh, go for it and challenge myself in a whole new industry in a way
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
2: that I had never worked in before?
1: Yeah, I think that takes a lot of courage. And I, I wondered, you know, if you really felt, you know, in at your core, it's time for me to make a change or was there some hesitation and you did it anyway?
2: It was a little of both, I have okay. to say. I mean, I I loved I love the people I was working with at Disney. I did. It was so I did hesitate. You know, I, yeah. I thought, you know, is this the right thing to do? But I think we've all been there at different times in our life where we have decisions to make and you know, you know, is this the time for a change? Is this the time, you know, what's right for me, for my personality? Um I really saw some great potential in working for UL, and even though it was, it was taking me out of you know the world of uh, you know creativity and storytelling at Disney. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I knew, or I hoped, I should say, I didn't know, I hoped that it would open up new opportunities, and I could continue to learn. And challenge myself.
1: Yeah. Did you step right into the role of Vice President of Education and Outreach when you when you went to UL?
2: No I did not. When I first joined the company I was hired as a director and really to help that that young uh, safety education program called Safety Smart help manage that for North America only at the time and I had an incredible mentor Her name, I think I had mentioned earlier, Barb Guthrie. Uh Uh, She was the vice president of education at the time. And I have to say she was also a big reason that I uh, decided to join UL uh, while working with her in this partnership over the years, really respected her for her intelligence and her creativity uh, and her, her passion and drive. And I felt that this could be an incredible opportunity to work for her and learn. And so um, that was an, a really interesting moment in my life. It was scary. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I, I, you know, I went back and forth, is this the right thing to do? And um, from the moment I joined, I knew, I knew it was the right thing.
1: Yeah, and how about lo- logistically, so the location? Where, is the, um, where are the offices of UL?
2: Newell is headquartered in Northbrook, Illinois. Okay. And so the location did make it challenging, but uh, the company's been very supportive. I I traveled quite a bit.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And, uh, again, you know, I think this goes to show when you have the opportunity to work with a mentor, uh, you know, if that mentor really believes in you, um, they can – champion for you they can lead you they can guide you with all sorts of decisions in your life whether it's uh, professional and and work-related projects, to even personal and um, you know mentors I have some really significant mentors in my life I'm so appreciative uh, for so many folks who have taken extra time to help guide me over the years
1: I, you know, it's so important. I think often other people see things in us that we don't yet see in ourselves, and so true. Isn't that true? And and they they can say one thing at one moment in time, and um, you can have an incredible shift. So true. Sometimes I think we
2: are. Have you know at times and at least I do can have some tunnel vision and we get really wrapped up in projects or initiatives and it does take another set of eyes or a different lens on a situation and um, and I know it's it's hard too just keeping confidence and um, trusting in yourself and so mentors and you know working on teams I think is is really incredible. And it um, has helped me so much. I've learned, continue to learn every yeah. day from the teams I work with. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, Kara, I love your uh, devotion to inspiring the next generation of leaders. And uh, I wonder if you can tell us about the UL Innovation Education Award program um, that you developed. And what does that do for kids?
2: i would love to this is an incredible program and actually i'm just coming fresh off uh, a wonderful few days with the organizations ul recognizes outstanding not-for-profits who are working in the stem space but with a lens on the environment so organizations that are working to inspire our kids to solve challenges in their community related to the environment Um, Really doing creative and innovative programs, and every year we uh, sponsor a uh, an award recognition program. We're looking for these outstanding organizations, and we have uh, we've been through three years. We're actually about to close applications in the next few weeks uh, for our fourth year. And uh, these are incredible organizations all across North America, and I had a chance to meet with them last week, the leaders of these groups, who are incredibly dedicated to the youth in their communities uh, and across North America. Uh, They're everywhere from Newfoundland, Canada, to Manhattan, to McCall, Idaho and we've been able to uncover real gems in the field who are pushing kids, inspiring them, getting out of the classrooms, and showing them creative ways to problem solve. And so this program is a way to recognize them and elevate the work they're doing and tell their stories so hopefully they can inspire other organizations uh, or schools or teachers uh, because instead of inventing the wheel, uh, there's incredible work being done. And so we just wanted to pay respect to that work uh, and to the students that are part of those programs, uh, which are equally inspiring, and create a network of game changers in a way that uh, we hope will continue for years to come.
1: Mm, it's it's really wonderful what you're doing. Um... You know, as you mentioned, you're, you you work with children from all over, um, and I'm wondering what what has surprised you the most about this generation of young people that perhaps is different from uh, when we were growing up. Do you do you see an eagerness in them to want to make a difference? You know, have some kind of positive impact.
3: Absolutely,
2: I think they are. An incredible generation Uh, they are driven they are very aware Uh, not only self aware but they are very aware of the world around them they're they're as connected uh, as they can be like never before thanks to technology and that's that can be a good and bad thing we all know but um, they want to make a difference and uh, that is what I've learned that In so many of the programs we've done over time, whether they're mentor-related or, you know, young teen programs or even elementary school, these kids want to make a difference. Many times they just need to know how or what's the next step. Then there are other times they know how, (laughs) and they will take it on their own. And that is incredibly exciting. And we've done programs um, all over the world. Um, some with some incredible not-for-profit groups. We did this amazing uh, fellowship program in India where we really found these um, advocates for change in their communities and they worked uh, on behalf of uh, a local project and concern that that they had to solve, whether it was related to road safety or STEM education, or air quality and time and time again what we see from these students is just this commitment to wanting to do more and make a difference and uh, it's funny I was in uh, meetings last week with many of those UL award winners and one of the executive directors was talking about the joy she has working with her students and and she said her students are constantly telling her, you know, we're sick and tired of people telling us we're the leaders of tomorrow. We're not the leaders of tomorrow. We are the leaders of today.
1: Oh. And I loved that. <laughs> Oh, that is
2: awesome. Loved, yeah. Yeah, I loved it because I, I feel like we see that. And I hope there, you know, are people listening that would agree with that. And, um, and at the same time, I think those of us in the field, it's our job to help those that don't see their path to helping their community or, or helping um, in the world of education. And so by, by shining a spotlight maybe on certain careers or programs, um, then we can help those that may not know what their path forward is.
1: Yes. And, you know, that's the biggest issue for young people is trying to just determine what it is they're supposed to be doing. You know, that dreaded question, what would it be when you grow up? Um and when you don't know yet. You know, you need these opportunities to explore to figure out what it is that, that interests you and brings you joy. hmm Absolutely. One of the one of the programs um that you have is called Explore Labs. Can you talk about that? And what, what they do there? Sure, absolutely.
2: We're very excited about this. This is a fairly new program for UL. And again, we're um, you know, working on the, the education and outreach team. We're, we're constantly looking for ways to connect with classrooms and, and help and support the great work that so many educators are doing out there. And after uh, a good amount of research and conversations with uh, classrooms across the country, you know, we realize that so many teachers are, first of all, struggling with the workload, but struggling um, to make sure they can align their classroom activities with the NGSS standards um, in the sciences. And we're, we were constantly hearing how important it is for them to be able to show young students a real-life example. Of the work that they could be doing you know so many times students say why do we have to learn this why what what's it going to do for me and so we wanted to help teachers and give them um, you know materials to support what they're doing and explore labs is an interactive platform that we created to showcase real-life engineering we wanted to show the extreme side to engineering and as I mentioned earlier many times we don't realize how math and science and engineering um, surround us, uh, whether it's in how the solar panels are working that are you know, on our school roof or showing how water filtration works. And so what we tried to do is explore what's happening right now and what's relevant to middle school students. And so we started to create learning modules. The first one is based on portable electrical power. And, um, you know, people say, well, okay, what's that all about? You know, why does this matter? Well, think about how many batteries are in our lives now. You know, maybe compared to 20 or 30 years ago, batteries are everywhere. They're in all of our devices. They're, you know, throughout our homes. They're in our workplace and school. And so we wanted to, um, to show kids not only how important batteries are, but the dangers and so what better way to do it than um, we took a look at uh, hoverboards and you know we, there were some issues with hoverboards a few years back with um, some of the batteries overheating and this is really relevant to teens lives so we wanted to show the science behind what's happening here why were batteries um, overcharging and in what or in and, and hoverboards why were they um, catching on fire and what is what's the science happening here and there are engineers all over the world trying to figure it out and so we peeled back the curtain and we take students and classrooms through these um, really intense um, science and um, inquiry based uh, learning modules and so that's where we got started with explore labs and the idea is to connect that real-life engineering and math and science and technology uh, with, you know, what the classrooms are working on and sometimes struggling with.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, showing them, really showing them, um, what happens in these fields, right, Out, outside of the textbook. It's so important. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. what
2: we're hearing, you know, from so many teachers, you know, in thanks is, you know, thank you for you know, showing students, uh, you know, really, in a way, fun and interesting ways to look at the science of batteries. Um, thank you for opening their eyes to show them the type of careers that we didn't even know were out there. Did right. You know, there are engineers out there designing products to make sure they're safe. And, you know, many times we will hear about a scenario if something isn't safe, but there's so much work that goes into, you know, designing and um, developing products to make sure that they're safe to use yeah. in a number of different scenarios. So that's really what we tried to do with our first learning module. And the second one is so interesting. It's on forensics, fire forensics. So we walk them through uh, learning about uh, fire dynamics and the field of fire investigation. And they actually have to solve a real Uh, Mystery on how a fire started and what caused it. Is that safety smart? Is
1: is that the safety smart program? This this is um this is for the
2: middle school. So this is part of the Explore Labs. The safety smart has a lot of the fire safety, but it's for a younger audience. Okay. You know, over time we've tried to really segment based on, um, uh, based on the audiences, and you know the hope here is again to um, help show awareness for new careers Mm -hmm. and um, i think the great thing we're trying to build here are also connections Um, so we've already connected so many fire service professionals to classrooms uh, looking to promote um, the career of fire investigators which you know there may be limited knowledge to the work and the sciences behind becoming an investigator and so Um, We're excited that we have some universities we're working with and local school districts and so many classrooms that are already learning about this because this is more, we hope, than just an online platform. I mean, the, the beauty of this is the ability to take it into the classroom and hopefully connect to these community members that can really bring it to life. Yeah, for teachers
1: and for students. That's awesome. Um, you know, as I was preparing for the show today um, over the weekend, I, I read the story about the terrible Lamp Track crash um, in South Carolina on Sunday. I don't know if you can comment on that or not, but I was wondering if, as a company, UL, are you involved in, in safety around transportation?
2: You know what? I'm not sure I can comment um, on that because it, um it's so recent, but um u l is a company that is committed to um, you know making the world a safer place, and we work across hundreds of different industries, yeah um working with um, you know a number of industries, environmental um consumer technology. and so we have over fourteen thousand employees around the globe uh, working day in and day out to make sure that. Products or services, um, programs and standards are developed uh, to help make the world a safer place. So I can't comment directly on that incident, but um, it's a terrible, terrible tragedy. And, um, you know, it, it inspires us all to, to keep going in, in what we're doing and, and keep trying to do the right thing and, and problem solve and, and, and keep people safe.
1: You know, does it ever feel like a race to keep up because technology and there's so much innovation around technology, it seems today, um, that things just change daily. And I would imagine that, you know, you're working to implement certain standards um, and then the technology changes and it has to be updated again. Yeah. It must be hard. You're absolutely right. It's a constant,
2: constant. I mean, things are evolving and changing um, constantly. But I think, you know, one of uh, UL's strengths and, and one of the things we really try to, um, to build off of is engaging communities and important stakeholders. And so what I mean by that is You know, UL is really known for being able to bring people together to help solve these problems. We can't do this all alone. And so um, no matter what the emerging technology is or what the safety issue, it's bringing um, experts together from a number of different fields to help solve that problem. And I think if we continue to do that, and that model, you know, doesn't rely on just one, certainly one person or one set of skills, and that goes back to the importance of that collaboration and teamwork that I think um, you know we all need in the jobs we do. Um, but when you're looking at these emerging technologies and you know how fast-paced everything is, I think the more minds you have together solving these problems, the, the greater the impact will be.
1: That's right. That's right. And of course, diversity, right, within those Absolutely. collaborative groups to cover every area. Absolutely. Um Kara, is there a is there a female leader today that is someone you admire?
2: Oh, there's so many.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you know, well, I was thinking perhaps within your field or 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 maybe not, but just someone that you, you know, have looked up to and and uh, have taken some notes from.
2: Oh, there've been so many over time. I try to listen and take lots of notes. <laughs> to,
1: <laughs> I um, mean, you mentioned uh, Barb Guthrie a, a few times, and I did read yeah, about her. She's, she's
2: incredible. She uh, is a wonderful leader at UL, and um, I value her friendship and um, and what she's done for the field. She um, she really has been courageous many times. She's pushed the envelopes many times, and she's. She's done so on behalf of of the good of children, and so I've learned so much from her. So um, I continue to learn. I think, you know, in in all of our careers, um, there's really never an end. You know, you don't ever feel like, yes, I'm done here. I've learned enough. Right. <laughs> you know, never. A-
1: right. Never in life does that happen. It, yeah. It's
2: it's uh, and I think if you stay open to to learning from others. Um, I hope that's that's how I, you know, feel like I can do the best I can, because I don't have uh, all the answers, don't even come close to having all the answers. But um, collectively, I will certainly help find answers. That's <laughs> and, right. You know, and, and find the answers by uh, being resourceful.
1: That's right. One of my favorite lines that I had a nephew who just continually asked questions. One of the most curious kids I've ever met. And he would ask the question over and over and over. And, you know, we would answer as best we could. And then when we finally would say, I don't know, he would say, and this was when he's very small. Well, do you know somebody who does know? (laughs) So (laughs) So, smart. Isn't that a great question? Yeah. Well, if you don't know, can you point me in the direction of someone who doesn't? And he was about four when he said that.
2: (laughs) So smart two steps ahead. That's right. He realized, well, there may be limitations, but point me to the person that does. Right.
1: Well, Well, Carolissa, we're at the end of the show. And I thank you so much for taking time at what I know is a very busy day for you um, to share your story and, and talk about the great work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I had a a great time speaking with you. Well, we will um, stay in touch, and we'll be sharing your podcast tomorrow so that uh, you can share it with your friends and family who maybe have missed the live show. Sounds
2: great. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Cara. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Be sure to check out all things related to the show at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Uh, Have a great week and feel.